as you age, the list of things that you have to do to start this is it gets more and more complex. Like glasses, got to remember. Water, got to remember everything here. So we're continuing talking about these spiritual postures. We've got uh, this week and next week uh, before we move on in our topics. In life, if, if we look at this uh, from a slightly different perspective, if we look at Life uh, from the perspective of commodities. Your life is a list of commodities. Uh, from, from, from this, uh, there would be things that we would consider needs. There would be things that maybe not, not quite as important, but very important, and, and so on down. We would group these things. There's a, there's a pyramid that's, that's uh, I forget what it, it's got a name, and it, it groups these. And I would disagree. The, the person that did it uh, did it not from a spiritual perspective. I think some things are more important. But it's listed from the things which are most fundamental to life uh, and going on up to, to what's maybe not necessary. But, but as we progress, uh, what, what things we, we then look for. Um, if, from that perspective, if you looked at your most basic needs, Right, your 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 the, the the commodities that you view as most important, just naturally your your thing, the things that evolve around your uh, will to survive are considered most fundamental. Uh, not necessarily the most important, obviously spiritually speaking, but they are the most fundamental to to exist from day to day. Your water, your food, your shelter, your clothing, right? And so. It, it, as we look at the various things that, that we, we want, we're going to have a prescribed way of, of attaining these commodities. So, so we will look at what things we have, maybe the commodities that I already have at my disposal, and I'm going to try to obtain what it is that I think I need. Whatever I have, I'm like, okay, I'm going to make this exchange for something I want. If I have something... And I don't have food. Well, I'm going to find a way to get rid of something I have in my possession or my abilities or whatever to, to gain food. Right? And that's just kind of how we how we do. Uh, the next group of things would be maybe not quite as important. Once I've gotten my basic needs, then I look at my next list of commodities, and these would be what we would call our security needs. These would be like my med- very very important, aren't they? We almost think they're almost. Almost absolutely necessary, but you would sacrifice some of these things to to get food and shelter. Um, but these would be things like your med- medical security. You don't want to be near some type of medical services. I want my basic health taken care of. Um, maybe uh, uh, education and training could provide for some of these. These are the types of commodities that would provide for my security, home security. Not, not your ADT, but I'm talking about some type of a secure situation that you can exist and live in. It's, it's necessary for us mentally. It's necessary for us. Uh, we want some family type security, stable situations. And these are, these are almost, almost important as the first. You say, well, th- those things are necessary. They might be, but they're not most fundamental. And then we would move over, and this is kind of where we cross over into to maybe some of the more spiritual, which are, are actually extremely important, but we might not necessarily think of as, as most important, just if we're looking at the way the world would look at it. But uh, self-worth and self-esteem and value and, and all of these types of love belonging, 
are, are really vital. And, and so as we look at the different types of lists, these first two sections we talk about, you can get from, from you, you look at the commodities I have. What's my money situation? What's my time? What's my, my intellectual capabilities? What's my, my, my ability to get things through power. Those things really operate in that those first couple, my needs. I, I can leverage my ability to work and my ability to, do, to get a lot of those things. But what we're going to find is that when we get into the spiritual needs, those, those things that we like to leverage for, for our gaining commodities really are horrible. Money is really bad at trying to buy self-esteem, isn't it? It just doesn't work. Or gaining love. Whatever those things are, those physical commodities don't do that. And so uh, today's text is going to address kind of this crossover between the, these, this last section here. Where, where would you place this? Would you place this in security or would you place this in, in those, those more spiritual needs, I suppose? But today's text, it says, Matthew chapter 5, verse 9, he says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Now we talk about one of the qualities of the work of the Holy Spirit. One of the identifiers was that he does quality of life, right? And this, this gets into that. Peacemakers, that peace is, is a, a thing that we want in life, it's one of those kind of spiritual things, and and it doesn't come through those natural types of of means that we like to gain things through. You you can't gain, and so many advertisements that you will see will direct you to to get peace through these things. If you buy this product, you will have peace. No, you will not. You'll have less peace, probably. Because now you have another thing to worry about. Oh, I got this new thing. It brings me peace. Oh, good. Now it needs repair. Ah. No peace. Uh, so let's, we're going to look at some things. First, before we can talk about being peacemakers, we need to identify peace. What is it? First of all, it is a dependent quality. What I mean by that? is that some things are what we desire, and, and some things come by other means. Uh, it took an uh, Australian to figure out how to take the gunk from the inside of a vat of beer and package it into something that you could spread on and make sandwiches. Only an Australian could come up with that. It's called Vegemite. Right? It's, a, it's a byproduct. If you ever listen to men at work, then you'll understand this, right? Uh, it's a byproduct of something else that people thought was valuable. And they've, they've managed to leverage this into a product that they can package and market to people from Australia. Well, the definition of peace... It, it all depends on who you ask, I guess, what it is. He says, my peace I leave with you. In John 14, 27, he says, my peace I give to you. Not like the world gives it. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't let them be afraid. And so it, it, there's this, this byproduct of, of something. It, it's a dependent quality. 
He says, notice that in either type of situation, positive or negative, peace is dependent upon the group that gives it. It is dependent. And so Christ is going to then, from there, identify his type of peace. He doesn't actually do it in this text, but we can piece it together. So what is it dependent upon? Again, depending on who you're trying to get peace from, it's going to depend or determine the type of peace and what those qualities are, where it's coming from. Luke chapter 8, verse 47 and 48 says this, When the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and fell down before him, and declaring in the presence of all the people why she had touched him and how she had been immediately healed. And he said to her daughter, Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. And go in peace. What? How was she made well? She was made physically whole. There is some peace in physical wellness. There is no question. And people who struggle with a long-term illness and, and chronic pain and chronic things like that, it takes a toll mentally and emotionally, spiritually. It does. One of the things people tell you, you're depressed, go get some exercise. Go out, get some sun. Get some vitamin D. Right? There's, there's a, there is an aspect of our physical bodies that does affect us mentally and spiritually. There's no doubt. We are a complex creature, but that's not really where Christ spent his and directed his efforts at producing peace for people. He says, uh, he said to a different woman, this is the, the chapter before, he says, your sins are forgiven. And those who were at the table said, Amongst themselves, who is this who forgives sins? And he said to them, women, woman, go, uh, your faith has saved you, go in peace. And so here, this is where he spent most of his efforts, was producing spiritual wholeness. That is really a commodity that you can't, you can't purchase. You can purchase some of the ability to get physically well, and, and that will help you some. But the world wants to end at, at at that level, what you can get on your own. And Christ says, no, you're going to have to, to go, if you really want peace, you're going to my peace. He says, you're going to have to go to a different level. Now, <clears throat> I want to look at a conflicting statement here. He says, do not think that I have come to bring peace on the earth. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I, am I reading that right? How is it that the Prince of Peace did not come to bring peace on the earth? I mean, that's his title. That's his job description, isn't it? Or amongst many, we went a couple of years ago, we went through a sermon series for, for 52 weeks on the titles of Christ. Oh, that was one of them. The Prince of Peace was one of them. How, how can it be that, that he didn't come to bring peace if he was the, he was the original peacemaker? And it's because that's not his primary purpose. It is a byproduct. Peace is a byproduct of other things. He didn't come and say, listen, when I leave here, we have to have peace. Whatever the situation, we have to have peace. Right? That's the way dads look at us. We, we walk into a situation, and I, I don't care about the right and wrongs. I just want peace and quiet. So I, I just thank you all until you're quiet. Right? That's my, I want, I have an end product in mind. Peace. 
Not just this piece. There's like a nerve. It's in dads alone. It's only in dads. I don't know why, but it runs straight up your spine. And, and, and the voice of little children attack that nerve. <laughs> and we want peace. But Christ said, that's not my end result. We'll get it. We'll get it. We'll get the peace. But I didn't come to bring it. I didn't come for the express purpose of making peace. If you do the other things, and we're going to look at that in just a second, we're going to get to the, to the fleshing this out, then it will come as a byproduct that can be packaged for everybody, not just people in Australia. So, let's talk about the pursuit of peace. Romans 14, 19 says, So then, and this is where we left off, let us pursue the things that make for peace. Oh! And this explains what Christ just said. You don't pursue peace. You pursue the things that make peace. Oh. And that brings all those conflicting statements together. How many books have been written about finding peace? Find peace this way. And, and, and get peace and have peace this way. And you can have peace and you can find peace. And you will follow any one of those books and you will be left no more peaceful than you started. Because they view peace from an end result. That's first of all. They view peace from the object to be obtained. Primary object. Everything else is off to the side. Peace. I need peace. Remember our premise that commodities are sought for in a variety of ways. Peace cannot be obtained if it is thought of as the object to be found. It is not obtainable as your primary goal. So... To gain peace, we have to pursue the things that make it. And this is why we are called peacemakers. These are the things that make peace. It is not found. It is made. And that's important. Peace will never be found. It's not an object in the woods. It's not something you dig up with a treasure map. It is made. We're not called peace finders. We're called peacemakers. It is defined through Christ. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 14 says, For he himself is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. And there's going to be a couple of, in this highlighted phrase, there's, there's two very important points. So I want to go back to the idea of, of how the world does. He's, he go, go back to this idea where, where Christ contrasts himself to the world and he says, I give you peace, but it, not the way they're going to give it to you. I want you to think about the highly illogical way that the world, that there's two functions or two ways that the world attempts to give peace today. They're the most extremely uh, illogical ways that you can possibly do. One is to ignore 
irreconcilable differences. You all seen somewhere, I think they've all been scrubbed off in the last maybe three or four years off of bumper stickers, off of bumpers, but there used to be a bumper sticker and said coexist. I don't, haven't seen those recently. I don't know about you. I guess that's a failed experiment. But the, 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 the bumper sticker, if you look at it, I mean, I don't know what all those symbols meant, but, but the idea that we can just overlook irreconcilable differences and, and, and have peace with one another. And that's not happening. You can't overlook things. Let's just pretend there are no differences. You can't do that. There, there, you won't find peace that way. You will find civility that way. If they redid that, the symbols and said civil, <laughs> we, you can find civility that way, but you can't find peace that way. Right? Isn't that what the Bible says? What are those who say peace, peace, and there's no peace? What where these fundamental differences exist between what God wants and, and, and what people do, and, and we're just going to pretend that there's peace? And that's not going to happen. It is observable throughout the world and throughout time that, that people have attempted to overlook differences and to gain peace. Why? Because they think of peace, as we said, as the static point where we can get it and have it. And it's not. That's the first crazy way the world tries to find peace. Then they do the opposite. I, I guess some of them figured out that wasn't possible. So what we're going to do is we're going to do the opposite. This is, this is right here in, in, uh, in Waukesha, downtown Waukesha, across from the library. I don't know if you could see that that well. But I imagine in the hallway there's some interesting conversations between those two apartments. Would you like to be in that hallway? If you can't see that, let me turn off the light. I, 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 was, I was coming out of the library. How's that for shocking, huh? I was like, wow, that's like something you'd see on the internet. That's right there. Uh, well, uh, over there is a Confederate flag on the left-hand side in the window, and over there is a Black Lives Matter flag. Not sure if you can see that. I, I, I should have stopped and got a better picture, but I was in my car. I wasn't driving or anything. <laughs> I was stopped. I was stopped. I was stopped. Um, I, I pulled out of the library and I pulled over because I'm like, I needed this picture for the sermon. Christ does two things that are important. The, the world says, let us gain peace by emphasizing all of our differences. What? Somehow the, we're, we're going to have peace if we emphasize everything that is different about us. Well, I guess they concluded that, that pretending there's no differences didn't work, so, so we have to talk about all the differences, and we can run down the list of differences that we want to highlight between everybody. My racial differences, my gender differences, my personal choice differences, everything that's different. Well, how's that working for us? Does the world seem more peaceful? And Christ says, listen, the world wants to give you peace, but they don't really know how to do it. My peace I give to you. And so Christ says here how he does it. First of all, he says, he broke down the dividing wall. 
emphasizing my differences doesn't work. So he says, we've got to get rid of divisions. Not ignore them, but we have to get, actually get rid of them. One ignores them, one emphasizes them. Christ says, no. You have to get rid of the differences. Huh. Then, then we can have peace <clears throat> as a byproduct. But notice also, he says, it's the dividing wall of hostility. Peace is what you have when you don't have hostility. It's a condition of living. It's a byproduct of a lot of effort, is what it is. It's not a thing to be found. Like, I'm going to do this simple thing, and I will have peace. Hmm. No, you won't. No, you won't. Christ came to remove barriers. Some people like their barriers, and some people like their hostility. So he says, listen, I didn't come to bring peace. I didn't come to make you and force you to have peace, and I can't make everyone. The Bible says, listen, in as much as is possible, be at peace with all men. Why? Because it's not always possible. Some people will not let you be at peace with them. You got to do the best you can. Some people simply will not have peace. You have to recognize that. If if I have as my objective the having of peace with all men, but that is the final result, that is the absolute highest priority, then I'm going to do whatever it is I think I have to do to, to make peace between us. And that's going to be sacrificing a value. That's going to be whatever it is that I think I have to do because that's the absolute. So I will be, I will be this chameleon person trying to match whatever situation environment. I know chameleons don't do that. Anyway, uh, but, but I'll, I'll attempt this. I guess it's, that, that's, that's not going to work. And so we come to this, this blessing. As these people are sitting there and listening to, to Christ, tell them what he wants for his kingdom. He gives them the blessing for this because there's a lot of work that goes in this. There's a lot of, man, this is hard. This is stuff that they've never thought of. And he says, you'll be sons of God. That's not a throwaway line. There's a lot of different blessings throughout the Beatitudes. A lot of different things that he promises. They're all very significant. They're all phrased a particular way. And they're all very appropriate for where they fit into those Beatitudes. It's not like, I've got seven things, eight things that I want to list. I've got eight blessings or whatever. So I'm just going to pick one and attach it to this one just because. Mix or match. But they're connected for a reason. He says, you, you be peacemakers, and you will be called sons of God. And there's a couple, couple of reasons for that. It says, finally, brethren, farewell, be, of, uh, be perfect, be of good comfort, be of one mind, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. Sons mimic fathers. I was going to have another picture of... of, of a moment in which one of my sons was mimicking. However, there was in, it was a rather embarrassing photo. So one of the other members of our family was picking their nose. And so 
that person was not mimicking their father, at least at that point in time. So, but, but it would be rather embarrassing for that person. So it was just a proof. But it was a picture of me on my computer, and, 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 uh, and Julian was on his computer. He was like two years old. And, uh, and, and we were just sitting there on our computers in our pajamas. Right? Sons mimic fathers. Well, maybe not all the time, but, but they, they like, you know, whatever the father seems into, at least when they're young, they, they like to do that thing. Good or bad, sometimes. That doesn't always work right. <laughs> Somebody's like, don't do that in public. We don't want people to think that we say or do that in the house. Christ has made peace. And since Christ is our peace. And so those who mimic Christ will be peacemakers. People will recognize, hey, that guy looks like that guy. Right? I, I'm mimicking. So, so, so he's saying, listen, if you want to have peace, you're going to have to do it by doing things the way that Christ did them. Live in peace. And this is important. It gives us some specifics. First of all, it's continual. He says, live in peace. It is not a thing to be found. Right? To, to find peace is to have a static point where I say, I have it. it, it that's like it's a, it's a completed action. Okay, bucket list, peace, got that. Now what? No, you have to live in peace. I have to get up today and go, I'm probably going to be challenged in my peace today. I have to live in peace. I'm going to have to make peace on occasion. And you'll notice also that there is, everything that we're going to read is, is relationship. Um, you know, here we go. James chapter 3, verse 14 through 18 says, If you have bitter envy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not boast and lie against the truth. This is not wisdom that comes from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, it's demonic. For where envy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder in every evil practice. But the wisdom that is from above is pure, is peaceable, it's gentle, reasonable, full of mercy, good fruits, it's impartial and sincere. The harvest of righteousness is planted in peace by those who make peace. That is a lot of work in that verse. It's a ton of work. There's no finding anything in here. It's making everything. In fact, he uses the, he, 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 use, he switches his metaphors. Uh, and, and here, Paul is talking about planting, gardening, It's work. We were up to see uh, Liz and Jeremiah, and they, they're expanding. They, they have a garden. They had a garden, and they're expanding it this year. A lot of work. They're describing what's going into this thing. Gardening is work, and weeds, and all sorts of stuff. He's like, listen, it's like planting. Peace is like planting. It's all of these things that go into it. You want to make peace. There's a ton of effort to get the harvest that you're looking for.
You'll gain it, but you're going to gain it through as a byproduct of these other things. It's around relationships. Everything that makes peace is a relationship builder with other people. Because what? Because the lack of peace is about hostility and it's about differences. So everything that makes a lack of peace is about relationships. And so if you want to make peace, it's going to be about relationships. And it might not be about you. It might be you and God. You might not have peace because you don't have peace with God. Well, that's a different subject altogether, but it's still going to be obtained the same way. It's going to be obtained by building a relationship with God and through getting rid of the hostility that exists, right? The, the Romans chapter 8 talks about the enmity that is between man and God. Where am I at in my relationships? In terms of my posture, I haven't used the phrase a lot, but it's the same idea. Where am I at? And you look around you and you go, I don't have peace anywhere. I, I can't. How do I do this? This is impossible. Well, from your perspective, it may be impossible. We might have bought into a, a, a place in, in the world and in a means and a method in the world that, that is impossible. We've tried everything. That, that seems logical. And if I've bought into those impossible means, I'm not going to have any result. No, nothing's going to get better. You can have peace if you have this. You can have peace if you do this. All those things that, that the world stands around and says, this is the way to do it. And you'll have it. Don't believe those things. It's going to take hard work. And here is the change of position. Here it is. Everything we've talked about is how to have it for yourself. Right? How do I get peace? And that is the perspective that we begin from. And that is why we so often fail to have it. Peacemaking isn't about getting it myself. Peacemaking is about giving it. It's about extending peace to other people and producing peace. The best way to have peace is to produce peace for somebody else. It's repositioning myself. It's, it's looking at my crossroads between me and everybody else from the different perspective. It's a stepping back and saying, does this person have peace? This person doesn't have peace. And what do we do when we see people, oh, they're not at peace. And we, we want to critique everything that they're doing. Right? That, that's what the world does. It emphasizes my differences. Instead of bringing them peace. And so we will never have peace. I'm still emphasizing the differences. Even if I'm pointing out true points, I'm still not producing anything. Obtaining peace is accomplished by not 
trying to get it. Is that a weird thought? If you are trying to get it, you will not get it. It's a guarantee. It's relational. Peace will be received by trying to give it. When you have peace yourself, then you will find that you have it yourself.